0: Hi, I'm Jessica. And when I'm not drinking all the coffee, watching Razorback sports or hanging out with my family of boys, it's my passion to help elementary music teachers just like you find your unique teaching style. My goal with this podcast is to share helpful tips, strategies, and to give you the motivation you need to gain momentum in your teaching so you can continue being the music teacher rock star you already are. Well, hey there, friend, and welcome back to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. So two episodes ago, episode 52 to be exact, I talked about music teaching resources. And with so much out there, how in the world do you choose what to teach with? It gets a little overwhelming. So first of all, if you have not listened to that episode, you really need to because it'll help you with feeling a little bit more confident about how to go about choosing music teaching resources, and so today in episode fifty four I am going to share with you a few of my favorite resources. I almost said a few of my favorite things, <laughs> maybe think of you know sound of music anyways, um a few of my favorite resources now, let me preface this by saying what what my favorite resources are do not have to be your favorite resources and In episode 52, I talked about how I, the exact process I went through to pick out teaching resources, especially when I started in a classroom that I had nothing. I basically, so I guess that was kind of a good thing because I got to literally just pick whatever I wanted without, you know, there were no resources. So I basically got to to just get whatever um, I decided to teach with. There wasn't anything already there for me to use is what I'm trying to say. So. The first thing I want to tell you that if you're feeling completely overwhelmed with choosing teaching resources is, which I have mentioned this before in several other episodes, is to use what you have. Okay, so first of all, I am going to get into the nitty gritty of exactly what I like, but I want to start by saying that. Look around your classroom. Even in the classroom, I told you I had no teaching resources. I still had old textbooks. And if you listen to episode 52, I talk about how to use the old textbooks. You don't just need to go page by page, you know, like that's the old method of teaching music pretty much where you like the kids sit down you're like, today class, we're going to do page 54 because last time we did page 52. And so you don't need to do it that way. I noticed I just said page numbers corresponding to the episode numbers I was just talking about. Totally unintentional. But anyways, (laughs) so look at your resources you already have. You may have stuff hidden in cabinets that you didn't even know was there. Um, I know that that happens a lot or like a filing cabinet or maybe even on a shelf. So look there first. The second thing I want to tell you to do is if you have not yet especially if you're listening to this and you're just starting out, you're probably seeing people all around you talking about the ORF and kadai levels that they're going to, that they are, you know, maybe in ORF or Kodai level one, two, or even three. And I want to tell you that those are amazing, absolutely amazing. And you your music teaching will completely transform by taking a level course. But can you do that right away? No. And if you're right out of college or you're just new to teaching elementary music, you need to just get started teaching music, right? You you don't have that first summer, you're just preparing for your first teaching job, you don't have any levels courses under your belt. Or maybe you're listening to this, and you've been teaching for years, and you've still never taken a levels course. And that's okay, too. So I want to tell you that. But if you do get the opportunity to one day take an ORF or Kadaya level course, then I would highly suggest you do it because it will give you not only some amazing music teacher training, but also give you resources that you can use with your students, that uh, whole binders and binders and binders upon binders of curriculum and teaching resources to use. Okay, so I wanted to just throw that in there first of all. Um, Second of all, I want to tell you that... um. Oh, I lost my train of thought. I wanted to, oh yeah, I wanted to tell you that um, along with the ORF and Kodai levels that there are, work, look in the area you're in where you can find different trainings, uh, different, you know, like Saturday workshops or, you know, a two-day training workshop over the summer and you'll get several resources there as well to use. Now, um, there was one I used to love when I taught in a previous state where it was we actually called Live. That's just what they called it. And it was awesome because different music teachers from my district would all present. And um, you would walk away with just like a binder's worth of materials from other teachers, just them presenting ideas of what they use in their classrooms. So I know that's offered. There's different local Orphalic chapters where you live too um, that will definitely give you several resources to use in your classroom there as well. Okay, but let's continue. So like I said, I told you that I was going to share an episode today about resources that I like to use, and just because I like to use them doesn't mean you um, necessarily need to use them, but maybe you've been looking for some resources like the ones I'm going to suggest, and I uh, I use them for a reason, and I'm going to explain each one as I talk about it. So first of all, like I said, I had no resources. So I knew I needed to find, along with the old textbooks I had, I needed to use something um, to just get started. So I made a list kind of like movement, um, rhythm instruments, melodic instruments. I knew I wanted to get that stuff one day, but I didn't have it yet. And then I made a list of recorders and then, um, yeah, like folk dances and singing, obviously, right? And a lot of those books will automatically have songs in it to teach your kids singing, too. So, I and then I categorized by lower and upper grades and then uh, books that I can use for both lower and upper elementary. Um, and today we're not going to go specifically into how to decide what to teach to each grade level, per se, and that's a whole nother episode in itself. But today I'm just going to present my... Um, Resources I enjoy using. Okay, so first of all, the first we're going to talk about lower elementary resources that I like to use. One, the first one I really like is one that I found called Busy Kids Movement, and this is by Jan Brennan B R E N N A N. And by the way, all of these will be included in the show notes so you can. Click on them to look, or a lot of them are also included on the resources tab on my website, thedementstamusician.com. Okay, so Busy Kids Movement. I really like this book because um, when I found it, I obviously wanted some movement for lower elementary, but especially for kindergarten. I knew kindergarten students. can't sit still very long. If you've ever encountered a five or a six-year-old child, you know that they have an attention span, let's just be, let's keep it real, of an aunt, right? I have three boys of my own in nine, seven, and four at the time of this episode. And um, it's true. (laughs) My four-year-old does not have a very big attention span. And that's normal. I mean, that's their age. And so with five and six-year-olds, with your kindergartners, this is a great book because it's exactly what it says, Busy Kids Movement, and I actually found this book at just one of the local teacher stores and yeah i really really enjoy using it because i really like doing a lot of movement with scarves especially with kindergartners, um, different ways of getting their them used to moving their body. So this is a great movement book that you can use with kindergarten and probably even first grade. But any lower grade, lower elementary grades, you can use this book with as well. Um, the next one I really like is called Mother Goose Brain Boost. That's a funny name, isn't it? But Mother Goose Brain Boost, and it's by Stephen and Susan Tr- uh, trough, T-R-A-U-G-H I don't know if I'm saying that last name wrong, right I'm so sorry but it's pretty much what it sounds like uh, doing nursery rhymes with kids is so important and I love this book because it is basically using m- music and movement um, basically nursery rhymes set to music so you're teaching them the nursery rhymes which is you know a lot of the kindergarten teachers are doing this with their students anyways Um. Not all of them, but a lot of them are doing nursery rhymes with their kiddos. And so when they come into music, a lot of them are already familiar with the nursery rhymes, and then you're setting it to music. And this book is really good about um, breaking down, here's what you can do with this song, here's what you can do with this song, and, um, you know, add rhythm sticks to this, do this movement activity with this one. Uh, You can, you know, put the rhyming words on the board. It just kind of gives you step-by-step instructions on how to, what to do with each song. Because nursery rhymes, let's be honest, they're not very long. So you're like, how do I do that for a whole 45-minute class period? It gets a little, you know, confusing. Um, But there really is so much you can do to one song. There's so many, like... For instance, you could do one, two buck on my shoe. And so you teach the rhyming words first and you split them into partners. And the partners, when it's their turn to say their rhyming words, they have to stand up and point at the word that the song is saying. And then you give rhythm sticks and you're starting to learn about steady beat. You can do a steady beat parade around the room. And then... um And then they have to, um, then you learn the song by singing. And then you talk about your singing voice. You do it with whispering. You see, I'm already just coming up with these ideas off the top of my head. So with books, what I like to do is when, like I said, Mother Goose Brain Boost will show you step-by-step instructions. But the rebel I am, (laughs) I don't necessarily necessarily like to just go step-by-step. Some, some things, yes, but there's uh, most of the resources I find, I look, this is part of planning as a teacher, especially as a music teacher, you look at what it tells you you can do to a song or activity, and then you make it your own. Okay, you don't have to do it exactly like it says. If it says do a steady beat parade, like I said, with rhythm sticks around the room, you don't have to do that. You could say, actually, I just want to have the kids move to the words of the song to the rhythm. You make the lesson plan your own. Okay, there is another great book called I Sing, You Sing Holiday Songs. And this is uh, by Sally K. Albrecht and J. Althouse. And this is great for echo singing. And we all know when kiddos start learning to sing, first of all, they're taught by rote or by echo singing. The lower grades are especially. And so this is great. And when I say holiday songs, it's basically a song for every single holiday throughout the school year, even ones that are you know, pretty not as well known, but it's mainly to just teach your kids some about echo singing, especially when they're starting to learn how to use their singing voice. This is brand new. Um, And so, yeah, that's a good book for that. And I'm not going to go through every single resource I ever use, but I'm going to give you just some to get you started. If you're just starting to look for resources and you're like, I have nothing to use with kindergarten, how in the world do I get started? And like I said, this is just my opinion. There are so many great resources out there. Um, And so if you already have things you're using, then amazing. But I just wanted to share with you what I use because um, I knew when I was just getting started, I had to find something. Okay. Okay, and so let's move on to upper grades. Now, there are so many different recorder method books, okay? There are um, recorder karate. I actually used, because I taught in a pretty urban school, a recorder book that was hip-hop recorder. And I actually can't find that book anymore, which makes me sad. But it was awesome because it had like um, hip hop tracks to the back (laughs) of the recorder music. It was really awesome. But one that's a really easy method that I actually really like a lot because it's simple enough to teach. But it's also simple enough for your kids to understand and to add things to. It's just called tutoring tutors <laughs> sounds and honestly wow I'm such a kid you guys every time students hear that title I mean what they're immediately gonna laugh and just let them get it out of their system <laughs> tutor tutoring tutors anyways um by Shirley W. McCrae, and she's pretty well known in the music ed world because she has amazing resources but I like I really like this book because it's very easy to um under like I said it's really pretty laid out really well And it's up to you when you do recorder with your students. I know teachers that do it as young as third grade. Some only do it with fourth and fifth. Um, I have my own opinions about that. I won't share it on this episode. But anyways, that book is really good for teaching, like I said, recorders. And so um, that's just one I really liked. Um, A book I really like for teaching rhythm instruments is, is, honestly, it's super easy. It's called DRUM. (laughs) The title is D-R-U-M, all capital letters, and this is by Jim Solomon. And I really like this book because for someone that was new to teaching anything about rhythm instruments, it really just lays it out for you pretty well and shares some really awesome activities for rhythm instruments. And Jim Solomon also has a really good book called The Body Rondo Book. And honestly, the very first activity in this book is the one I used every single day as a body percussion warm-up. And what I learned in a workshop a long time ago is, honestly, when you're teaching body rondos, a really cool thing to do is to add words. Um, So the kids can remember the rhythms easily. So for instance, the first body rondo in this book is in ABC form. And so we would just, we put the words Hershey bars. We love them. Hershey bars, we love them. And then we love Hershey's. We love them so very much. And then the C section was... Um, we love chocolate we love chocolate so just something easy like that for the kids to remember the rhythms and so that is a really fun book to do with your upper elementary kids and then um one of the one of my favorite books I actually have ever found it was a really awesome find it's called Rockin' rhythm raps now you're like what in the world is that this is one, especially when you're starting to teach these really complicated, syncopated and offbeat rhythms with your fourth and fifth grade kiddos, this is a really awesome book to use to, as even a warm-up or um, to introduce those new difficult rhythms. I really like it and the kids like it because it does. It sounds like little simple raps. They're very short snippets of rhythms that the kids can easily understand and count together. Okay, and now some books I use with lower and element lower and upper elementary kiddos is a book um, called "The Book of Movement Exploration" by John Fire Robin, and um, it is well, exactly what it says. It's a book of movement exploration, and they, there are so many different movement activities that look, when you look at this book, it, they look simple but they're really really cool activities that your kids will really like. And I know for me when I first began implementing movement with my kiddos, it's very uncomfortable at first. You're, you know, and then you getting more comfortable with it it'll make them more comfortable with it. If they see you being a little awkward about doing movement with them, then they're gonna be a little more standoffish. But if they see you just kind of going for it and not caring about what you look like, especially with your upper elementary kids who are very body conscious and more aware of you know, being embarrassed of how they look around others, then just explain to them. You know, we're just practicing the way our bodies move. But I'm telling you, this book gives so many awesome Awesome ideas to do movement in the classroom, especially if doing movement with your students is new to you. I would highly suggest the book of movement exploration. Okay, and let's talk about two of my favorite mallet books to use. One is called Strike It Rich, and the other one is called Mallet Madness. Both of these are awesome resources for doing mallet or, you know, mallet instrument activities with your kids. It's and they're, they are laid out pretty simple enough for you to follow along, even if you've never taken an ORF level before. These are really good books that will really help, um, yeah, with you getting started implementing mallet instruments with your students. And then, like I said, there's so many other resources, but I just want to name one more in this episode. One of my absolute all time favorite folk dancing books is called Jump Jim Joe. And there are folk dances in here that they're just so fun. And especially if you're confused about teaching folk dances, because they seem complicated. And you know, there's some folk dances that say things like peel the banana. And you're like, what? <laughs> I don't mean like peel the fruit. But in, there's so many different terminologies to teaching folk dances. And and this book really does help explain what exactly to do? <laughs> and so you could basically take it home, read through the instructions of a folk dance you're wanting to do with your students, and then you basically just you could teach them half the dance, and then the rest of the dance another class period or something like that, wherever, however you feel comfortable doing it. And so these are just a few of my resources that I really would highly recommend. Like I said, I have a list of a billion, <laughs> but these are just I wanted to give you some to get started for lower, upper and then lower and upper elementary, just some different resources that are really helpful to use in your classroom. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and you guys have an amazing summer and I'll be back on next week with another episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening in to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, I would love for you to review the show and leave a rating on iTunes. To find out more about how I can help you gain momentum in your elementary music teaching career, head to thedomesticmusician.com, where you'll find free downloads, courses, the blog, and so much more. Continue teaching music and never doubt the impact you're making each and every day in the lives of your students.